This week I was uh, spending some time in prayer and just processing with the Lord, and I really felt that um, the Lord is wanting to bring encouragement and faith. He's wanting to provide for us in this season. You know, it's exciting times that we live in. The Bible says the whole of creation groans for the revealing of the sons of God. And so something that was spoken about 2,000 years ago has been being carried out and is continually being carried out even today. That God wants to reveal himself through his sons and daughters so that creation itself would now see him for who he is, that they would look at themselves, they would look at their circumstances, they would look at that around them, and that they would then process what they see through the lens of who he is. And God is active in doing that. And he uses you and I, he uses us in the hard times and the good times and everything in between at work in us to cause himself to be displayed to everyone around us. And we get to partner with God in this amazing thing that we are his ambassadors, that when people look at us, they see God's face. So we've got to be careful what our face looks like, all right? And it's a privilege, and it's something which is so far beyond ourselves that God chooses to fill us with him so that it's no longer just us, but there's something of God in us. And we together display what the Bible says is the manifold wisdom of God, the many-faceted display of God, so that as a whole church, we can show people what God is like. And that's what we're doing, amen? And we're going to do it more and more and more. So I just want to share some things this morning. Uh, the title of my message, I guess, if you had one, is Stick em Up. And um, back to the old westerns that uh, I used to watch as a kid. Um, Dan preached last Sunday, talked about gates, how we're gates. And uh, we're going to follow on a little bit from that this morning, that as gates, we're gates that move. The kingdom of God is advancing. And so we always have a choice that we can kind of settle in and we can say still, or we can move forward. And it's always better to move forward. And God gives us everything we need so that we can keep on moving forward. I was reading earlier in the week in Hebrews, and uh, I just have always liked Hebrews. I was reading chapter 11, a great chapter. And uh, I was reading uh, verse 3, which I think we have up here. And it really, this really struck me. The writer of Hebrews begins this uh, chapter by saying, By faith we understand. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. But we have this principle. He begins by saying, By faith we understand. Now I tend to find with me and what we can do, we want to first understand in order that we have faith. But the Bible actually says that we need to have faith in order to, under, to understand. That to get to a point of understanding, we need to first operate in faith. Now, for me, I try to figure everything out to understand a situation in the hope that I may then perhaps have faith. But in fact, it's the other way around. That understanding starts with faith. That I first have to have faith. By faith, we... Uh, we, we believe that the worlds were, were, were formed and that what was seen was made out of things which are, which are uh, 
sorry, not made of things which are visible, uh, that God is a rewarder of our faith. So my faith pleases God, and then he chooses to reward that faith. And often, when we start with faith, his reward, he gives us what we need in order to have the understanding that we do need. But if I first go after the understanding, then I, generally speaking, don't get it, because it begins with faith. And I believe that God really wants to build us up and, and fortify us, and he's causing us, he's pulling us in and saying, will you believe in me first, and then understanding will come. It's like he will give you, if you have faith, he will give you just enough understanding that you need to keep going on the journey. It's like Abraham. He was, he was one of the men of faith that is mentioned in here. And we read of him that it was by faith he went, he set out for the city that he, he didn't know what it was or where it was. But he did go. <laughs> and as he went, he was promised he would be the father of many nations. He had no kids. He's like, I don't get how this is going to work. But God will give us just enough understanding so we can keep going on the journey. So there he was, and he was calling to God and saying, how is this going to happen? Why is it going to happen? God says, look to the stars. Do you see them all? This will be what your, what your children, your offspring will be like. Consider the sand. And he's like, okay, I, I can see that. That's enough. I'll keep on going. I'll keep on going. He had to believe, and then what understanding he needed to continue was given to him. But it starts with a faith that chooses to believe and is submitted to him. So it's an amazing process. We're going to look at uh, an encounter, uh, a battle that the Israelites underwent, and we're going to look at the life of Moses and what he did in this battle to win. And we're going to learn some lessons um, from that. So let's go now. We're going to go to Exodus 17, uh, 8 through 13. This is a well-known passage here. And we're going to read about what happened, and we're going to look at four P's. We've got to remember our P's and Q's, and today it's just P's, no Q's. And we're going to look at four P's uh, to overcoming. So let's read about this account here. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. So uh, Moses has been leading the Israelites. They've been on this journey. They've seen countless miracles and the intervention of God as they've left Egypt. Um, they've crossed seas, rivers. They've been... Uh, supernaturally sustained with supernatural water and food. Just an amazing experience. And they've been going for a long while. They're getting a little fed up of it. Um, they had just had a situation where there was no water, and they were complaining, ready to stone Moses. He was getting a little bit tired of the people. Um, and then God tells him to take his staff, hit the rock, and then out would come water. So everyone gets a nice drink, um, they stop being crabby. That's generally how it works in my household. And on we go. And so now, after that event, here we go. They're rolling along. And then the Amalekites come along and start causing some problems, as they generally do. So let's pick it up here. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. 
When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Now we're going to look at this. Interesting that Moses is the one who has to get up there with the staff, but it's Joshua that overcame and won the battle. So we're going to look at this and learn for how we can live our lives when we're in a situation when there's challenge from what Moses and the Israelites uh, did here. And so number one, the first thing that we need when we're facing a situation like this is to check our posture, posture. And uh, we'll read the corresponding scripture. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. So let's talk about posture here. So the word posture is from the Latin posit, which means the relative position of one thing to another. Now, that's not what I thought posture was. Um, my mother, when she was, uh, when we were kids, would always talk to my sister and others about, you know, hey, what's your posture? You need to have good posture. And it's because when she was a young girl, her parents, who were a little bit insecure about their heritage, um, they sent my mother, uh, their only child, to go and get this training. She, she had training in posture, and then she had elocution les lessons. It's a bit like the movie My Fair Lady, if anyone has seen it, where you have these aristocrats that take this very ordinary uh, woman, and they say that they can teach her how to be an aristocrat. They can teach her how to operate in society. And so my mother, she went through this kind of training. And so she would always be talking about posture, that my sister should stand up straight, and there's a, like a certain correspondence, I guess, where your sh shoulders should be relative to your lower back and your head. And then she had elocution lessons, teaching her to speak correctly. And so she would sometimes recite this. She would have to stand there, and she would have to pronounce certain words with a particular emphasis. So she would stand and she would say, how now brown cow? And do it again, it had to be right. How now brown cow? Everybody, how now brown cow? You see, you're already there. Your, your IQ has gone up about five points just after that. Um, but what I learned and what the Bible teaches us, in fact, posture has nothing to do with how you're standing. It's not really on the outside. It's a relative position of one thing to another, but a posture, and the posture that we're talking about here, is an internal thing. It is we have to ensure that we are in the right posture so that we are ready when things come our way. Now, I just threw a ball at Derek here, and his posture was obviously not correct for catching a ball because he didn't catch it. He wasn't ready for it. He didn't have the right posture, and so the ball was thrown at him, and he dropped it. But I imagine that now he's ready. He caught the ball. But sometimes we can find ourselves, if we don't know what posture to have, we're not ready in the moment. And then when life throws something at us, if we haven't done what we should have done already, it's kind of too late in the moment. <laughs> 
And like Moses, he had learned and his posture was right. He was getting a little bit tired. This journey was long. There'd been a lot of obstacle. But, and then when he was getting attacked, he had a number of options. He just said, well, let's just lay low for a while. Let's just hide. Let's run away. Let's camp out. Let's negotiate. But no, his posture was right. And immediately he said, we're going to go and fight. What he had already decided beforehand, what, posi- what posture he was going to take, set him up. So when this unexpected challenge came, he knew what to do and he did the right thing. And so for us, we've got to be ready internally so that we can then do whatever we need to externally when the time comes. We've got to have the right posture. Number two, he had the right position. Position. So let's talk about this. We've got, we got posture and position, but first of all, the scripture is here. It follows on. And Moses says this. He says, tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Okay, so your posture is being ready for action, but your position is what you do when the action starts. And both are really, really important. Posture and position. So let's just walk this out um, and, 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 and talk about what is actually happening here. So here are the Israelites. They're being attacked, and Moses says, we're going to go and fight them. We're going to go to battle. He says, Joshua, you go ahead and get your people and go into battle. But I am going to go and stand on the hill tomorrow. The battle is down here. That's where you're going to go, but I'm going to go up here. Now, I would imagine that Joshua and some of the others would be like, dude, what the heck? You taught us to go to battle. That's where we're going. And you're going to go in the opposite direction? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you coming with us? Well, Moses knew where he needed to go. He knew what his position needed to be in the moment. Now, he knew a battle needed to be fought, But Moses knew where the real battle was. The real battle was not down here on the battlefield. It wasn't with the swords. It wasn't with the men. Yes, that needed to happen. But he knew where the battle really was. And he knew that he needed to go where God was. He needed to go where God had encountered him before. He needed to go to where his place of deliverance was, where that that faith and instruction would come from God. And for him, that was on the mountain. And so he took his staff, And he said, I know where I need to go in order to get victory in this battle. And it isn't on the battlefield for me. That's not where I'm to be. But I'm going to take this stuff and I'm going to go because I know that God came to me on the mountain before. And that's when when I hear his instruction. That's where I feel his presence. And I know that when I go and take this stuff and when I go and worship him, and when I lift it up to him, then I know he's going to encounter me. He's going to come to me and he's going to give me what I need. And that is what is going to cause the victory. It's not the battle down here, as important as that is. But he knew where he needed to be positioned. I want to ask you, where is that position for you in your life? Where do, you, where do you find God and where do you find his instruction? Where, where has the victory come in the past? 
the Holy Spirit speaks to the churches in Revelation and he tells some of them, he says, go and do the things you did before. The situation you're in right now is not so hot, but go and do the things you did before. And sometimes we need to remember what the last thing is that God told us to do and ask ourselves, have we done it? (laughs) And sometimes we need to remember where we meet God and go to that place. And for me, for me, it's, it's funny. It often is when I take myself out and I, when I strike off and go for a walk, and when I get up into a, a high place and I look across the hills and I'm just praying in the Spirit and I'm fellowshipping with God and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in tongues and I'm just communicating with Him, it's when revelation comes and then faith for victory comes. And we all have our battles. I have my battles, you have your battles, and some we share. But we have to know how to get to that position where we encounter God and we fellowship with him and he speaks to us and we open our heart to him. And often it's not by running into the midst of all the activity. It's by going to that place where you find God. And when we're in that position, when we return to that position where we meet God, we get exactly what we need when we find that we're in the right position. Often, where our battle is won is not where the battle actually takes place. All right. Posture, position, and number three, if we're going to break through, if we're going to overcome, then we need our people. People, you need your people, man. That wasn't actually intended to be in the title there, but that's fine. It works. (laughs) That was for me to say. People. You know what? So uh, let's let's read the verse here. Here's what happened. So Joshua first, he knew the posture. He was going to go and fight, and he was going to do it immediately. He knew what position he needed to take. He went to the hill. He went to meet God first because his battle comes from meeting God. And then number three, position. He says, so it says this. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. So here's the thing that happened here. Moses knew he needed to go to the hill with his staff, and off he went. But along with him went Aaron and Hur. Why did they go? Did they have their own staffs? Did they have a history of encountering God in the mountain and bringing deliverance to the people? Not that we know of. Did he ask them to go? I don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But they went, and they went together. And I don't, wanna, I don't feel I can overstate the importance of this point that, that we're going we're gonna to read about what happened here. But um, as Moses went... With him went two of his people. These two guys, Aaron and Hur, they went with him. From what we understand, there wasn't a very particular reason that they were needed. It's not like they necessarily carried anything or they did anything. But they went together. There was a togetherness. There was a strength in community and in fellowship that, that was present when these three men went up together. And... When Moses went to this place and he, and he 
he brought his friends with him. I believe that he, he was beginning to get an understanding that the way he had operated before, where he was kind of the, 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 the one-man deal, he was the answer man, that it wasn't going to happen this way anymore. And so thankfully, he had the foresight to go in community and go with friends. Um, he needed the strength of his friends. He needed his community and had Aaron and her not gone with him, they would have never known how he would need the help that he needed. So we're going we're gonna to actually just look. I'm gonna, we're going to go on to uh, four here, point four, and we're going to work through what happened and how they really, they really helped him out. But obviously, uh, what, what we know happened here is that when Moses was in the battle... Uh, the battle didn't go quite how he expected it would go. It wasn't the type of deliverance that he had experienced before. It, it, th- things happen a different way. So let's just actually go, we're going to go to point four here. Um, and we're going to talk about the last part of what happened with Moses here. And after having adopted the right posture, taken his position, and gone with his people, um, he needed to continue in patience. And so we read this, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So we have this picture here of this community. It wasn't just Moses anymore. I think it went a bit like this. I think Moses had decided he'd go up to the hill and he believed God is going to prevail. And he knew that there was something special about this staff. He knew that God had brought deliverance through this staff time and time again. So he thought to himself, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up the mountain, I'm going to call on God, and I'm going to hold up my staff, and God is going to smite this enemy. He's going to do it. And off he went. And there he was, and he held up his staff, he held the staff up high, and then he began to see a victory. And so he probably thought to himself, oh, awesome. (laughs) Great. And started to walk down again. And now all of a sudden, the Malachites start taking them over. And he's like, oh no, what the heck? Um, And there was probably some kind of trial and error thing, like to figure out what was going on. And sure enough, he held the staff up high again, and now they were winning. And it's like, was that going to do it? Oh no, quick, put it back up again. And there he was, and probably going through his mind, he's like, what is happening here? The last time, God, you told me to put my staff in the water, and it would part. And it did. It was immediate. It was instant. It was conclusive. It was dramatic. I struck the rock, and out came water. I threw the staff down. It immediately became a snake. Every time you brought deliverance, it's happened quickly. It's been conclusive. And now... I get up here and I thrust up my staff towards you. I, 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 I place my trust in you. I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm an imposter of submission. And yet, I've got to keep doing it. I've got to keep doing it. I've got to keep holding it up. And you know what? I can't do it by myself. I can't. I can't, keep, I can't keep going. 
I can't keep doing this. And thankfully, because he was there with his brothers, there they were, and they figured out some kind of system. They're like, okay, Aaron, you're kind of, uh, Moses, you're kind of a tall guy. This is not going to work. We can't reach your arms. So let's shuffle a stone under. You sit down here like this. We can, we can stand by you. We'll hold up your arms. And then we together, as we hold you up, the three of us will get victory. But it's not going to happen just by yourself. You know, we're going to find ourselves in situations where what we've done before is no longer sufficient. And we're going to have to come to a point of humility, which it was for Moses. Here he is, the man of God, revered by a nation of millions. He overcame the most powerful ruler at the time. And now he has to sit on a stone while younger people hold up his arms because he just can't do it anymore. What worked before didn't work now, but here's how it did work. It worked when he did it with his brothers. When he was prepared to be humble, when he was prepared to accept help, to tell people what he needed, I bet it was tempting for him to, to be like, no, I'm good, I got this. You know, this worked last time. But he had to actually ask for help. He had to receive help from other people. And when he said to them, you know what? Actually, this really hurts. I can't do this anymore. Guys, can you help me? Then we see the, a picture of the church community coming together as a community, fighting together with real transparency and openness, humility. And there God descended upon that and he brought about the victory. I was talking to some people in the week, and I was just talking about the importance of how we have to be transparent with one another in the church family. We're a family. That the strength of our connection is only as powerful as the degree to which I am prepared to open my heart and tell people what really is going on. Moses had to tell these guys what really was happening. He had to say, guys, I can't do this. Will you help me? But we have to be able to tell one another what really is going on. But for as, as long as we hide within this enclosure and we keep what is happening within, within, and we don't talk about what we're feeling or what we need, we won't get the help we need. And we won't get the victory that we should have. Because our victory as a family is found as a community comes together and fights together. It's not a one-person thing, amen? We have to go to that place of worship and submission, and we have to hold up the staff, and we have to help one another, and God will bring victory. I'm telling you, we're not going to break through as a church unless the staff is high. That went all over your heads, but never mind. <laughs> it's, my dry, it's my dry British sense of humor. Um, <laughs> posture, position. Some people are just getting that now. <clears throat> people, patience, 
and we find a victory. You know, for Aaron and her, they had to do something as well. This wasn't easy for them. Have you ever been with somebody and you, you have a high respect for this person? And you know this person is very capable. They have a, a tremendous amount of experience. And you are naturally a little bit fearful to ask questions or offer them help. This can happen in any environments. I remember sometimes, you know, um, before I was in this role in the corporate world, some real bigwig in the company would be in town and they would be, you know, around. And you, you're nervous about, you know, asking this person questions. That you, you think they know everything. And so for Aaron and her, it was a similar situation that, that they had to be prepared to overcome timidity and fear and to be able to offer and give help when it was needed. Even to the big man, Moses. And I want to ask you on this point, do you have people that are holding up your arms where you are now? And are you holding up somebody else's arms? Because for every one of us here, we need people who will support our arms, and then we need to ask ourselves, whose arms are we supporting too? Because when we do that as a community, then we're going to find that we win the battle. So I've got some specific applications, and I just want to take a little time and pray. And if I could, I'm going to ask you to stand with me now. And we're going to just wait on the Holy Spirit. If I can have you, Wes, maybe come on up here. If you would, would you, when you sit to your feet, just close your eyes. And I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Father, thank you that we have an opportunity we all have an opportunity wherever we are, just like your people did under Moses, that we can move forward, that we can keep moving. For some of us, we're in a time of real squeezing and real pressure. For others, we may be in a time of, of it may be a light season. It may be, it, things may seem pretty easy. But for every one of us, we can move forward. I thank you, Father, that you've given us what we need to do that. And just as we're waiting on the Lord, I want you to ask yourself, how is, how is your posture? Are you in a place of readiness like Moses so that when something comes your way, you're ready, you, 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 you're ready for it and you know what to do? Or do you need to adjust your posture? Is there something that's holding you back? Is there negativity? Is there hurt or offense? Is there disappointment which is causing you to be in a, a spiritually slumped position that you're not ready? If so, the Holy Spirit wants to bring freedom and wants to take that out this morning. How is your position? Do you know where you need to go? Do you know where you're going to find that deliverance? Do you know where you're going to find that instruction from the Lord where, where the Holy Spirit descends upon you and faith comes and, and, and passion arises and, and, and a sense of, of power comes because you know God is with you? Do you need to go and take your position there? Where is that position for you? 
And do you know who your people are? Where are your people? Is your life open to people? Are you telling them what's up? Are you being real about what's going on in your life, about what you're feeling? Are you open to them? Will you listen? Will you take help? And are you giving help? Are you speaking in? Are you connected? Do you have your people around you or do you need to build into those relationships more because you can begin today? And then do you have the patience? Can you keep doing what you need to do so that the victory comes even when it looks different this time, even when it's not like it was before? Let's pray. Father, I ask you right now by your Holy Spirit to come and fill us all afresh, to do your work, to search us. And we say like David, search us, O Lord. Show us what is inside us. Father, we want to respond to you this morning. And Father, I pray for those here that that have got out of their position, that, that you would draw them back and that they would encounter you like they've never encountered you before. They would know your presence in a powerful way like they've never known before. That you would knit us together, that we would have this tight, these tight relationships. We would be the body that your word speaks of that's knitted together so perfectly fitted that we flow and give life to one another and give us grace to persevere Lord so we can be patient and we can keep going and do what we need to do Father that we can be this glorious people that creation is groaning to see as we reveal you to the world Father we say let us be this people Lord, we're going for it. We want to go forward. We don't want to stay still. We want to keep moving, Lord. And move we shall. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning. And we look to you. And we say, yes, Lord. We worship you. We raise the staff. And we say, yes, Father, you are our Lord. You are our strength. You are our rock. You are our deliverance. And in you, will we stand let it be today Lord in Jesus mighty name Amen Amen